0: Are the lights on? Good. Welcome to Listen with the Lights On. I'm Jessica Blaustein Marshall. And I'm Patrick Garrett. The pair of ill-fated star-crossed lovers is a tale as old as time. One Hudson Valley legend tells such a story, that of an English explorer in the New World and a Native American woman named Manteo. Once again, Master Storyteller Jonathan Crook joins us to discuss the legend of Manteo. When Henry Hudson sought the Northwest Passage to Cathay, he felt a river of mountains had to be his pathway. And he sailed up this majestic river and found the wideness of the Tapan as now we call it, inspired him to believe, yes, I have definitely found it, but... When he got up, of course, to a place now known as Half Moon, he thought, oh, well, I guess this is not exactly going to lead me to China. Perhaps we better turn around. And in the Journal of Robert Jewett, it just says the water got pretty shallow and we had to, well, turn around. Well, coming down the river, when they got to a place, some describe it now as Dennings Point near Beacon, they noted wild grapes growing and craving fruit to ward off scurvy. A fellow begged a skipper, may I go ashore with a few men to gather up the grapes? Well, they had a little boat called a shallop, and they had a little sail and oars, and they go to shore, they gather the grapes, and it's a beautiful September afternoon along the Hudson River, and they gorge themselves on these grapes while, unbeknownst to them, they're watched by the native folk who had in their dreams learned that there'd be some strange beings crossing the salty waters coming to visit. They puzzle over these beings. They have skin colored like snow and they're wondering, what are these things? Are they sick? Are they Manitous or spirits? Well, Well, they're wearing peculiar clothes. Yeah, but look again. They smell bad like animals and they have hair on their faces like animals. They must be animals or pretending to be human beings. Well, whoever they are, the native folk decide these are the Mahican people of the river. They think we better just "'Get them out of here.' "'So they load up their arrows and prepare their shrieks "'and shoot arrows into the air and are crying out, "'Get away! Get out of here, you, you weird things!' "'And, well, Van Horren and his little crew there, "'they jump up, jump into the shallop, and they begin to go out, "'and unfortunately for Van Horen an arrow strays into his leg, "'and he falls down and says, "'Go, go, I'll, I'll meet my fate, a brave man in the hands of these savages.' and off goes the little shallop that reunites with the half-moon, and they want no more of these little raids, and the boat slips south on what Hudson called the River of Mountains, and they later encounter other fierce uh, native folk wanting to kind of drive off this, this weird canoe pulled by clouds. Well, there's Van Horen lying on this little shore, and he's surrounded by native folk who are puzzling over what to do, and they're actually afraid to touch him, for in some of the dreams the old wise women had, these people who crossed the salty waters would bring illness upon you. Finally, a chieftain's daughter named Manteo snaps her tongue at these fearful ones. "'Give me the healing pouch with the herbs. I'll treat this fellow. "'He's a man. Can't you see him bleeding?' looks different than us, but it's a man. And so she breaks off the tip of the arrow, pulls out the shaft, and treats the wound, and they bring the fellow back to their village and hold counsel. What are we to do with him? Well, the men say he hasn't been initiated into the proper rituals of manhood. He's not going to come with us. And the women say, yeah, but he is a he. He's not going to come with us. So Manteo says, all right, I'll take him. And the one chore we can perform together is to check the fishing wares. Now it happened, Van Horen, back in his native the Netherlands, knew about making little traps in watery ways with pointed sticks so the fish would swim in, but they couldn't swim out, then you could spear and catch them, and he worked together with Manteo. Well, eventually, of course, the two grew affectionate toward one another, being long in each other's company. They taught each other the other's Language, and soon that affection, well, developed into a love. And Manteo would often find Jacob, well, melancholy, and she'd ask why. Well, I'm homesick. You'd think it strange a man who'd been out at sea for so many years would be homesick, but indeed, because I've been out for many years, I do long for my home. "'the thatched roof, the little stoop, the cooking. "'I hope I can go back there. "'Oh, I, I'd i bring you if you would come.' "'And she smiled and said, "'But your home seems, well, so far, "'I'd be, well, perhaps heartbroken without my people. "'Well, you'd have me, yes.' "'And she'd smile, perhaps would kiss him. "'And then she said, I, I think I have a solution. Come.' "'She brought him to a little waterfall and said, We feel when we drink this water at the bottom of this fall, before we go off to hunt or to trade wampum with the mohawk to the north, if we drink these waters, we'll always come back here near our home. Why don't you drink them? He thought, well, why? Why would I want to be brought back here always? I told you I'd like to go home. You're the only good thing I have here and she smiled and said, I know. Think of it this way. Jacob, if you drink this water, the falls go to Tuck, the river that flows both ways, which goes to the ocean you crossed, and could bring you then back to your home. He smiled and just thought it, well, preposterous, but said nothing. But he didn't drink from the waters. This bothered Manteo, but she let it go. Now, I don't know whether it was month or a few years, but another vessel appeared in that river that flows both ways we now call Hudson's River. It seemed to be a French fishing vessel, and some did come up the river without noting in their charts or at least any records we have their visit to the Hudson River. When Van Horen noted the vessel, all other thoughts dropped, even those of love, and he ran along the stream, plunged into the waters that flow both ways, and swam, and waved his arm, and screamed, and, well, Manteo thought, is it an attack by a bear or mohawk? She ran down to see what was wrong, and she cried, Jacob, Jacob, where are you going? What are you doing? His voice washed over her with the kindness she had always shown, but another kindness called that of home. He knew if he turned to look, he would never get back to his beloved Netherlands. So he swam and let himself get pulled aboard the fishing vessel. And then, continuing to hear her screams, he just hung down his head and made up a story. I'd been held captive by these native folk and narrowly escaped, and that's why you hear the screams. And then the tears streaming down his cheeks, he described as, oh, I'm so grateful to be back with European civilization. But his heart broke. So too did Manteo's. How could she face her people? She convinced them he was a worthy man and would soon prove well, ready for the honor of becoming a full member of their people. But now he abandoned her. She couldn't figure out why. Was it just homesickness? Did she not love him enough? Whatever it was, she could not face the dishonor of returning to her people with a story of how she'd been abandoned. So she went to those falls and threw her body over the top, Letting her spirit inhabit the mists above the falling waters. Her people found her body and gave her burial. They also found her spirit, a Manitou, as they would call, dwelling in that spot. And finally, they found they could go there and seek comfort, have wishes granted, prayers answered, given to them by one whose wish to be with Jacobus Van Horan. Her true love was not granted, but twas as if her love translated into this wish-granting spirit. Today we can visit Manteo's Falls near Constitution Island and Garrison and find a serene sanctuary, a place where you can sit and have at least your wish for a bit of peace come true and if you look finally into the falling waters and meditate you'll discover a kind of feminine form held in those graceful tumbling waters the story of manteos fall that's a romantic one it i was going to say it sounds like a uh, a better version of pocahontas it is <laughs> like that yes and i think in tracing the origins of this story looking over Robert Jewett's journal, there's no mention of this happening. Of course, Henry Hudson kept a journal, but we only have fragments of it. And what we do have appeared in his uh, court-martial later when a mutiny occurred and Hudson was, of course, cast out in the bay bearing his name in the wilds of Canada. So possibly this little tale got lost in time but it remains in the air. It may be as um, there's many tales of a heartbroken native maiden in and along the Hudson and beyond, uh, and these came forth in the Victorian era to kind of show almost this longing among the native folk to be like the Europeans, so it's a bit arrogant to say the least. Still makes for a touching tale, and... Indeed it's true when you sit by the waterfall it is a serene place. It's always much cooler and quieter than bustling Route Nine D above it. So and, and it is a place of refuge and I think it's arguable to say the native folk did seek some solace there at the waterfalls, as do folk today.
1: It's cleansing too. Yes. Very cleansing. They
0: are very cleansing, those, that, that waterfall and others as well. He should have drank. He should have just drank the water. He should have just drank the water, yeah, drank the... Like, how hard would that have, that have been to just drink the water? I know, it's kind of funny that he... But I guess he thought he'd be forever trapped there, and so yeah. it causes you to wonder, you know, how much did he really love her? Because um, there are many other examples of of Europeans living, you know, the tribal life and fully embracing it as well and, uh, you know, abandoning, really, the... Uh, the European lifestyle for the the native one. That's a hard, that's like a kind of a catch-22. Like, you you know, you're going to miss something either way. You're going to miss yeah, your home if you stay there, right. and then you're going to miss your love if you go home kind of thing. Yeah, You got to pick what you want the most. Yeah, so he, he clearly did. <sighs> or maybe the mist got him. The mist. Yeah, the misty <laughs> mist. Hudson got him. <laughs> the well, I was thinking, like, you know, because I'd never heard that story before. I was thinking it was going to go where he, you know, like he swam out and he got on a, like, a ghost ship. Or he got on ah. like something where the, that like brutally murdered him. After yes. Yeah, that... So like it was irony that he, you know. Right. And Well, maybe that would be a, a a future tale to develop if it was going to be turned into a film, for example. <laughs> maybe he got on the, the storm ship on the Hudson and he became like those men who... They, they sail around for seven years and then they come to port and if they can find a woman who will fall in love with them, they can be freed from the spell of yes. having to be on the storm ship. Oops, but that's going to have to be a tale for another time. Yeah, Sounds like go. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it is. Well, so that's where they got the idea. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, um, yes, the Hudson, but also that, that storm ship, or the Flying Dutchman as it's right. often called. Right. The um, Black Pearl. The Black Pearl, yes. Mm-hmm. and uh, That's all all woven in there. Except for we have plenty of room in the Hudson Valley. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thanks for joining us. Listen with the Lights On is a production of WAMC. Our theme music is Grizzly Reminder by Midnight Syndicate. For more spine-tingling tales, check out our podcast or head over to wamc.org.